This is a Research in Practice podcast, supporting evidence-informed practice with children and families, young people and adults. Hi, and welcome to this Research in Practice podcast. I'm Julie Wilkinson, and today I'm joined by Wayne and Diane, who are going to speak about their experiences of working with Love Borough families. This podcast follows on from a previous podcast with Trina Robson, one of the directors of Love Borough Families, and she's also here today. Wayne and Diane joined Trina at the Children and Families Partnership Conference, and they talked passionately about how Love Borough Families has supported and helped them over a number of years. So I'm really looking forward to speaking to them and finding out more about this. So welcome, Wayne, Diane and Trina. It's lovely to have you all here. First of all, before we hear more about you and from you, would you like to introduce yourself? Maybe starting with you, Diane. Hi, so I'm Diane um, and I live in Barrow and I'm, I'm, I've been, started Love Barrow Families in 2014. Okay, great. We'll hear more from you in a moment. Wayne, if you could introduce yourself, please. Hi, I'm um, here part of Love Barrow Families. I'm here to do the podcast today. That's great and lovely to have you here, Wayne. And finally, Trina. Yeah. Hi, yeah. So I'm Trina Robson. Um, I set up Love Barrow Families in 2013 with my colleague, Alison Tooby. Um, I'm a social worker. I've got, I've worked as a foster parent. I worked as a social worker in child protection for a number of years. Um, also worked for the NSPCC and in the Child and Adolescent Mental Health Service. Um, and I guess... Uh, decided that we wanted to do something different and set up Love Barrow Families uh, to do that. And finally, I'm from Barrow as well. I was born in Barrow and brought up in Barrow. Great. Delighted to have the three of you here today. So if I could start with you, Diane, I think you were one of the first people to work with Love Barrow Families. So can you take us back to the time when you first started working with Trina and others and how that came about? So it was a social worker who I didn't get along with told me that I was going to Love Barrow Families. I didn't really have a choice. So I was a bit pessimistic that um, Love Barrow Families was going to do and be how it said it was. When I first came to Love Barrow Families, I didn't actually talk to nobody apart from my kids. So my children were the only people I would communicate with. I was told by Alison Doobie the very first time I'd met her that if I was 100% honest with her, she would be 100% honest with me. This made me feel a little bit like, okay, you're a social worker telling me that if I'm honest with you, you're going to be honest with me. That's not what I'd experienced in the past and found that quite difficult to accept. Um, I did a lot of work with Trina, like one-to-one counselling work, um, to work on me so and to work on the stuff that from my past that was affecting how I was parenting my children and, like, it was obviously keeping me in, like, a depressed state. And I remember Trina saying to me that we are equal so just because Trina's a social worker, that doesn't matter because we are equal because at the end of the day, we're only human. Um, and that made me feel a little bit more relaxed. I liked the fact that I could be honest. And when I say something, it wasn't judged. So if I was having a bad day with the children and I turned around and was like, oh, I could just kill them kids right now, all parents say it. But if you say it to a social worker, you'll have your children removed. If you say it to Trina, she knows you don't mean it. Mm. She knows you just, you know, you're just letting that frustration inside you out. And I think all social workers should be a bit more kinder and not judge straight away. Learn, learn about the family. Learn about the parents. Um, and just kind of understand that parents will say things out of frustration, mm. but they don't actually mean it. 
so that was good. So that that did help me because I used to get frustrated quite a lot with my kids. So that helped that I could be I could be honest. In my counselling sessions with Trina, I could scream, I could shout, I could cry, I could swear, everything. And the help was there as well. So if I needed help there and then, I didn't have to wait three days for a social worker to pull me back. Mm. I got that help there and then. It was like when the help was needed, it was there. Mm. So if I'd run out of electric, all I had to do was phone someone and just admit that I'd ran out of electric. I didn't have to suffer um, because a, a lot of the time before I came to Love Bower Families, I used to starve myself so I could feed the kids and stuff like that. So I didn't have to, because I didn't want to say to people that I was struggling. But Love Bower Families were there, so you didn't have to struggle. That's great. That's that, that that's really interesting, and I'm sure there's there's lots of things that um, I'm I'm going to pick up on in what you're saying. But before we do that, if I could now um, ask you, Wayne, about your um, first experiences of working with Love Barra families and how that came about. Um, well, to have had times with services throughout my whole life, I've never been treated so different. Um, the first time I met them, obviously not one service had ever made a move to come forward to actually try and help me. So they made the first steps by actually coming to a prison and seeing me in jail. So that's not normal. That's not what services do. So to actually see that happening, I thought, this is different. Um, I was asked, do you want to come a part of a test pilot scheme? And I said, yeah, definitely, because there was an, op uh, an opportunity for me to be a dad to my children without being put back in prison, um, because that was a volatile relationship that was there with the three children and my, my ex-partner. So obviously, as they've come into prison, they've given me an option to leave prison and go and work with them, um, to be in a safe environment for my kids to have proper contacts, um, me to actually be a dad for once to my children in these contacts. I've got a new boy, little boy in, in my life, um, he's a year old now, social services were involved um, and now obviously I've proven that I'm a new new person in myself, so now they're not on my case and I'm actually living as a normal person with my child and my lady at home, so um, yeah, it's nice to be able to be a normal person living with a child at home and not being yeah, judged as I used to be. That's great. So now you, you are the dad and you have yeah. your, your child at home. So that must be that must feel amazing. Well, it's different because I never got the opportunity to be a dad to the other three as this from that age. So I'm doing everything that I never got to do with my other three because I was in and out of prison. So it's new to me. It's I'm not going to say it's easy. It's hard. <laughs> but um, I'm enjoying it. It's I'm being a family finally living a life and being a family it's some of that i've always wanted all my life um so yeah basically that was the first time i met them um in jail and when i got out um the first time i met them obviously on the outside was in the new building on uh just off abbey road so it was like when i went there it was new to me to be a part of a service and being accepted as a person um, which was very difficult for me at first because I didn't understand why I was being accepted from these individuals that had just come out of nowhere. So, yeah, it was nice to be accepted and brought into a new scheme. Yeah. So although you've had different experiences, a lot of what you're saying of when you started working with Love Barra families is about this feeling of being accepted and yeah. being able to feel be, and feeling that you're able to be honest and open with the people for example Trina that yeah. you're working with would you would you say that that kind of sums up what what was the core at the core of your first impressions yeah well uh, the the main thing that I got from Trina and Alison was the fact that 
um, I was invited to be a part of something um, that was new to the town and obviously my kids were already involved while I was in prison for a short period, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and then obviously the fact that they were willing to work with someone with such a bad background that was labelled all my life. So to not have that um, label still on, my, on me as a person and actually treated as a normal person on the street, even in whatever situation, even though they'd read their paper, their paperwork that had underlined me as a very violent man. Love Barrow families accepted me, took me on as a normal criteria of a person, you know, where I could be part of something, yeah. That, 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 that's great, and, and it, it, it kind of takes you beyond the, as you say, Love Barrow families just supporting you, but everybody else being a support for, for everybody else and making those connections and getting to know new people and, and, and everything like that. Yeah. Part of that first interaction that these two have talked about, isn't it? That, you know, if you, if you remember that we all have assets and gifts and things to share, even when people have been in prison for 10 years or whatever, or, you know, whatever else has happened, then, then, in a way, that's that's one of the answers, isn't it? That um, in this world that we're in, where figures are going up and not, you know things are very expensive, and it's actually more efficient. <laughs> you know, this, if we listen to what people like Diane and Wayne have got to say, then it makes our job easier and saves resources as well. Families can help other families as well, um, and I think that's another thing that if there was more families helping families then there'd be less need for children's services mm -hmm. I did say that dead quietly because I know social workers will be listening to it and they'll be like oh, that's our job but I do think that families can help mm. other families and I think it's a good thing that that happens and that is one of the reasons why Love Barrow Together exists to try and do some of that yeah so I'm interested, um, Diane, going back to you about um, you talked about um, them being kinder and the importance of that kindness. So can you give me some examples of what Love Barrow families did to show that kindness? Just giving you the time of day to speak freely. Um, so it was literally just they were there. So it didn't matter if you wanted to scream and shout, you could just scream and shout you could be yourself I mean they also did um activities in the holidays to entertain the children mm. one thing that really sticks out for me is my middle child so I've got three children my eldest is a girl and then I've got two boys well my middle child he got taken on a section 20 for nine months and love Barra families supported me so much in getting him back home mm -hmm. I fought and fought and fought and I didn't give up mm -hmm. and you know they were always there they were there to support me they um helped me with social worker meetings um I got given a, a family support worker who is still involved with me today. Like, now she's still somebody that I go to if I'm worried about something or I need help. And it was just the compassion that they give you. Like, they really just don't judge you. And it's they make you, they do make you feel safe. Like, I feel 110% safe with Trina. Mm. because I feel like she understands and she doesn't judge me mm. like when a social worker comes to your house they judge you and I think for me that triggers my anxieties um like when a social worker comes to the door and they've got a badge around the neck that really really I won't open the door to them because that scares me mm. um because they're letting my whole street know who they are you know that they're a social worker and um yeah so can i can i just add something i was, yeah. I was, I was thinking back i was thinking back to the early days and 
um, your question about kindness. When we first started, we had just one room in a school and we were offered that room because we knew the head teacher, so she gave us a room free of charge. And one of the things that we tried to do was work with the parents that had a relationship with that head teacher. And Diane was one of those parents. So I think in terms of coming into the, the school and feeling the kindness, that was that was already there, if you like, because of the relationship that Diane had had um, with the head teacher. And the other thing that I wanted to say as well is the kindness thing worked two ways. I think that we found that families are kind. You know, families can be very kind and often organisations are not. So I know that um, if you go to a case conference, you don't always get offered a cup of tea, for example. Those simple things I think that we tried quite hard to do because my experience as a social worker is families have always offered me a cup of tea when I've gone into their, their home. Mm. Yeah, I think that's that's an important point. And, uh, and Diane, you talked about um, giving the, the fact that they gave you practical support if you run out of money for electricity. And obviously you had emotional support as well. So, um, Wayne, I wonder if you want to come in on, on, on any of those points. Well, the base, basically, when, when I went to Love Barrow Families, I, I wasn't very confident in myself as a person. So... As a structure, like Love Barrow Families put structure into my life as an actual person because I didn't have no structure, um, which that was the main thing that I'd never had. So being in touch with people was me adapting to new ways of living my life because I've always been in a downward spiral. Um, with Love Barrow Families around me, it was being pushed onto me in a good way that I could be a better person. I had opportunities around me. I could start working with people, talking to people. It's picking up on new things that I'd never been around. So it's like, it was an opportunity for me to be in sort of some sort of fashion, like in a school again, to get taught again um, by people that actually wanted to teach me how to be as a person. Do you know, this is the right way of showing how, how to actually be as a person. Just something that I actually picked up on on one of the sheets that I was reading on the way from Millen today. Love Barrow Family shows you the right way to do things rather than punish you for the wrong things. So that was that's on one of the sheets that um, I've got from a conference. Um, and it's just definitely that itself, do you know what I mean? It's being shown how to live your life than leaving you to be the way you've been. So it's, it's like doing all, all of those things. And you, and you said in that that you'd started to do new things as well, um, you know, without that structure and having people around you. So can you give me any examples of some of those new things that you, you went on to do? Yeah, um, just taking part of, um, obviously being a part of Love Barrow Families started off slowly. Um, as it went on, it developed more. But obviously it started off as... Um, Obviously, seeing my kids in uh, positive contacts, and then obviously I started uh, getting involved in the courses um, like mindfulness um, because I was struggling to go and see the kids. So I was um, being advised how to deal with that situation on the trains because I was uh, anxious and stuff like that. Um, I was putting like putting charge basically of trying to help fundraise and stuff and obviously um, started doing bits of weeding out the back, cleaning around the property and stuff when they move buildings, um, doing window cleaning jobs, just basically anything I felt I could be use of, mm. I was putting my hands to it or putting my mind to it through obviously the Love Barrow service. Mm. Mm. And how did that make you feel as you started to do all those kinds of things? I was finding out who I actually was. You know, I wasn't this person that had been labelled. Um, I'd been told throughout my life that I was a mental health, uh, bad men I had bad mental health. And I see that now as I was labelled. You know, I've got no problem with me now and I'm not on medication. I haven't been on medication for over six years. So it's the truth is that you're labelled as that person. You, you feel that, that you're that person. So when I found out that I wasn't, I started to realise that I had opportunities and things to actually start being a part of. Mm. Um, it was like 
Love Barrow families became my family. Mm-hmm. And true, that's the whole truth there, because I had someone to go to, someone to rely on, someone to give me advice when I needed it. Mm, that's very powerful actually you'd being like a family and someone that you can go to you know the main reason i will say that, that my family like that because my mum's in spain um i have got family in barrow but i don't really have nothing to do with them so it's the fact that i made love barrow families my family mm. you know it's, that's how it felt yeah i just wanted to jump in to mention that um I just felt, I feel a little bit like sometimes we come across as though everything's um, positive and uh, and, it, and it, it, there are lots of positives. But I think one of the things that um, we all knew when we set off, when Diane, their families and, and the staff team, was that it was going to be hard work. You know, like Diane's, Diane's got her own history and, you know, and, and Wayne's as well. So the, the Love Barrow families was about taking families who had um, got really quite complex uh, histories and, and difficulties and face lots of disadvantages as well in many ways and so we wanted to make sure that understanding was a really good understanding and we used the adult attachment interview and with both Wayne and Diane I think that was really important because it, it was a shared experience for us and it, it gave us a way of working out what what needed to happen to change and some of those things were practical things you know so um, Wayne would sometimes boil up we used to talk about having a kettle inside. So we used to try and find ways of repairing relationships if that happened. So it was just I didn't want I didn't want it to sound as though we didn't um get that understanding. And it was an, an understanding that was a proper evidence-based assessment, I guess. Yeah. But it was a valuable experience. I mean, these two can speak for themselves. It was a valuable experience for, for all of us, I think. I just thought when Wayne turned around and said about the family bit was I actually in my counselling sessions with Tina I used to work like be able to connect and do it through music and one of the songs that I actually went to Tina with and was like this is loved by our families it was from Ice Age 4 I think and it's the we are family mm-hmm. and that to me was like yes because the lyrics were just perfect you know we are all different we're not all the same. We've both, we've, we've myself and Wayne have come from totally different backgrounds. The only thing that we do have in common is one, we've been treated awfully by children's services, and two, we've found help and support, love, kindness, and compassion from people in love by my families. And we've both been able to give back. So Trina said that about the adult attachment interview and that you'd both um, been part of that. So, um, Diane, do you, do you just want to explain how that felt for you? And then I'll ask the same to you, Wayne. Um, the adult attachment interview, when I went to do that with Trina, that scared me. Um, I actually was sat in the room, my hood up on my coat, my coat was zipped, my head was down and my arms were folded. I think that must have been the most difficultest conversation to, that I mean Trina have actually had. Um, must have been really hard for Trina. I actually now think it must have been like pulling teeth for her because it was hard work. Um, because I didn't really say a great deal. Like I was struggling to express my thoughts and feelings. But I did it. And it helped me understand my children as well so I had a lot of where I always thought one of my children was the bad child like it was the it was all their fault like they were the bad child they were the ones that are making it wrong what I actually learned was actually that that child is like me that child is the male version of me and that actually we are too much alike and I even say that to him now. I always go to him, you know, oh, you're just too much alike. We're just too alike. Like, I understand you so much, but, like, please just, like, give me, like, space if I need it. And But we both understand that. So we both know when the other person wants space. We know when the other person needs attention mm. and stuff like that. 
And I think that is because we are so in tune with each other and it made me understand him a lot more, didn't it? It really, really did help. Um, so the adult attachment interview helped me change bits about me. Mm. Because I was always there. I used to ask, I used to say to Trina, I'm just a shell. Like there was nothing inside me. I was just a shell. Mm. Um, and I think that after doing the adult attachment interview and after doing all the therapy work with Trina and then doing the family therapy sessions as well. So it wasn't just about me doing therapy. The children did therapy. I had my youngest son used to go and see a um play a therapist every week. My other two children had were able to go to Allison whenever they needed any if they needed anything or they wanted to talk about anything, they could go to Allison because Allison was their social worker. And there was no there was just no judging. And to me, I know I say it quite a lot, like that's something I would love to see change in children's services. I would love for social workers not to judge people mm. because when a social worker judges you, for me, it triggers my anxiety and my depression. Mm-hmm. So if that's what it's like for me, I'd hate to think what it's like for other people. Uh, it's going back quite a bit, to be honest. And I can't really remember that much of it, but I do know that I identified key issues um, and Trina helped me work around them key issues and started to guide me and direct me in the right direction from them bad issues that would start to target. Um, it basically just gives you an outcome of obviously what needs to be sorted and what might need to be helped help with, isn't it? Yeah. So, but I've got obviously every, everything that come out of it's um, been sorted through Love Barrow Families now, so it's, it's not... I'd love to sit and do one again that we've said we're going to do, so let's see what the difference is. Yeah, yeah. Did did you did you find it quite difficult when when um you started on that process of doing the adult attachment interview, or did it just seem like a natural progression? The next step. I, I think I've always been a bit of a talker, but obviously, yeah, it would have been a bit thingy because I was um I've entrapped myself in my past, um past obviously abuses and stuff like that of. Um, destroyed my, I've destroyed my own self through my own past abuse. Um, but like I say, the attachment helped identify key issues, and I went to counselling, um, started to see people that I needed to see through that, and obviously that ended up getting a line drawn underneath it. And I don't even have a problem with my past anymore, proving that it's identified things that needed to be identified through the adult attachment. So, when what would you say has really changed for you over the years? I mean, obviously, at the time ta- at, at the time you started working with Love Barrow Families, there would have been changes, and that's gradually gone on a- over time. So, one, one main thing I will say, I was a criminal, and um, now I'm a I'm a businessman. Um, I help vulnerable people uh, who can't do gardening no more. Um, I specifically aim for the elderly who have got disabilities, problems, chronic illnesses, um, just so I know that I'm satisfying them after I've finished my jobs. Um, and basically, I'm moving forward in church and stuff like that. Um, I've built up a new, like, I've built up a new reputation of my own self, who I am, of who I needed to be as a person um, and to, to believe it or not I'm actually living in the town where the prison was where um, I used to go every year um, and I actually bump into all the prison staff every other day and I actually do the gardens now so it's like it's being able to relate to them now and show them where I am and they're actually all proud of me because every time I went there they all thought that I'd be back every time so yes, um, I've moved moved on leaps and bounds from where I was. Like I say, I'm a businessman now. I'm not a criminal, so it just says it all. To be honest, that's great. That's great to hear. And what about your hopes for the future? Where are you hoping to to develop? Um, I want I want to change I want to change services. 
I do. I want to make sure that people don't get treated the way I've been treated. Um, I'm still to this day being treated very wrongly. Uh, my kids are in care um, and I go and see them quite often. I don't feel that the social services have got the contacts right. Do you know, yeah. And that was not enough for three children. Um, and yeah, I'm busy trying to find out what's going on with that as well at the moment. So it's still going on behind closed doors. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, so. So, so, so for, for you, what would they need to do to make that time with your children better for you and for them? Yeah, it'd be more time and obviously go and doing something with them instead of being put in a contact centre without any true uh, reason for why I'm there. Because mm-hmm. um, they don't actually give me any legitimate reason for why I'm in a contact centre apart from the last time I heard it was because of the mother's behaviour. So it's like, why should someone be treated because of somebody else's behaviour that way? Mm-hmm. So you'd like to spend more time with them and yeah. Yeah. outside of the contact centre. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. And, and for you, Diane, how about you um, in terms of your life now compared to what it was before Love Barrow Families? Oh, it's completely different. I talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I'm a lot more talkative, as you can tell. A bit nervous today, but talkative. Um, I like to help people. Like, I actually now have dreams of what I want to do in the future and stuff. I don't have any social worker involvement with me. And that's a good thing. And I feel so proud of that. The last social worker I had was only with me because my child wouldn't go to school. And he turned around and said, you don't need me. I've got to go. My manager's saying I've got to go. And I'm like, but no, you don't. I don't want you to go because... If you go, then other services are going to say, I'm not, I'm not engaging. Mm. Um, and he turned around and he said, you don't need me. My manager's saying, I've got to close your case. Mm. And he went. And I've not had a social worker since. And that's been a long time. Mm. Um, so I am actually proud of that. I kind of help people now. So I did voluntary work for Love Barrow Families. And then I got a part-time job with Love Barrow Families. Um, and I actually left Love, ba- Love Barrow Families in March to go and work somewhere else to spread more magic dust, I think, and just give people an opportunity to speak. And, you know, I love it. I mm. love helping people. Mm, that's 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 great so you mentioned there about the magic dust and you know this is a very famous wording for love barrow families so um would one of you like to explain what we mean what you mean by the magic dust trina explained that she explains it perfect so the magic dust idea um came from one of my experiences actually with um my foster daughter who was in a psychiatric unit. I'd been quite shocked really that adult mental health locally uh, were were not as supportive as I thought they were going to be. And we we just happened to get someone who was training as a psychiatrist who started to chair the ward rounds. And um, I came out one day and said to my friend, it felt like there was magic dust in that that room today. And um, a few years later, I look after um, my ex-foster daughter's daughter. And a few years later, it was her birthday. And uh, she was six, I think. She hadn't heard anything from her mum for a while. And uh, it, she, her mum hadn't been in touch with her. And when we got up in the morning, the uh, phone was flashing. And when we pressed play, it was a mum singing happy birthday to her on the phone which hadn't happened before and I just remember thinking that's the magic dust still working so for me there was something about once magic dust is sprinkled you're kind of not in control of it anymore it just it goes off and works in different directions and and that was one of the reasons why we sell Love Barrow Families was um was because of that and I think it's felt like I mean these two can speak for themselves but the magic dust has kind of spread to um, well, certainly the families, and then they're kind of spreading it in their own ways as well. Yeah, Wayne, do you want to do you want to come in and, and, and explain what that feel, felt feels like 
Yeah, yeah. Well, every time I meet someone um, through my work, um, they, they even obviously people I've had on for four years through my job. Um, it's a fact that I spread the magic dust every time I speak to people because of the way I am. Um, I feel so good when I walk away from people's houses because they're smiling, they're happy, and it's a fact of just talking to someone to make the day. Do you know, so just by standing and having a five minute conversation, going out my way to have that conversation spreads my magic dust every time I do it. Yeah. Also, be um, we spread spread it through uh, presentations and the talks that we do. Obviously, when we go to conferences and stuff like that, that's another place that you spread it. Mm. And it can be as simple as that, can't it? Having those conversations with people and listening to them and taking an interest in them. So we've been to London, we've been to Camden, Sheffield. Yeah, we've had people from America come over here and us talk to them. Mm. So it's also spreading magic dust when we speak to them as well. So that's a way of us talking to people and we've had communications with the High Sheriff of Cumbria. I think the other thing to say as well is when we did the presentation, you know we did the presentation, didn't we, for research and practice, I think that other people provided magic dust, particularly for Wayne and Diane, they, you know, it was such a lovely response to have that number of people and people who were in the social work profession as well that, that wanted to listen and were interested. I think it, that was... A, it, like you've got some magic dust from that yourselves. Mm. I think I think it's amazing what you do that you you actually put yourselves into those positions when when you both said about your anxiety, but that you putting yourself forward to to spread that message and to spread that magic dust, and that is really a credit to to both of you that you're able to overcome those anxieties yeah. to do that. But I wouldn't. I, I feel that I wouldn't have been able to do that if it wasn't for the work yeah. that I'd have had. And also, it's not just the work that people have helped with, it's I've done the work as well. So as well as being grateful to Love Barrow Families for all the help and support that they have given me over the years, do you know what? I'm actually really proud of myself because I've done it. Um, and... I just think that if I can make one person smile a day or I can help one person a day, then that's my life. That's my day happy. That's, you know, that's what's make. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to help people. Mm. That, that's amazing that, you know, you've taken that help, but then now you're moving forward with it yourselves and you've got the motivation and, and the energy yourselves to to be doing things for yourself that you don't necessarily need the set that same kind of handholding that you perhaps did at the beginning. You know, do you know, just something I've picked up on there. Where I've had no training, right? But the fact is, I can help so many people throughout the life that I'm living now. So it's not the fact that you need training. You just have to act kind. You have to be obviously nice to people. Just mm. be obviously generally genuine to people in general you know listen to people open just take take a bit of consideration into somebody's past or what they need help with and i think that's what it's down to mm, being nice to people wouldn't it be a lovely world if everyone was nice to everybody else we would live, be living in a, in a lovely world i think the the genuine being genuine is really important because I, I'm really interested still in knowing what it was that we did at Love Barrow Families, the detail of what we did that made a difference. And one of the things I think is humility and being real and being a person and bringing your whole self. Um, yeah. I think that's that's important. It's a challenge as well. Um, but, yeah, I think that's that's a, a key thing not to miss, really. What, what do you mean by bringing yourself? Can you explain that? I think when Wayne said genuine, what I think of as genuine is that um, I was me. I was me with Wayne and I was me with Diane. I was a social worker and I had all of that and all of that knowledge and experience and stuff that I had. But I, I think when I was younger, I was more of a professional, if you like, um, and less of 
who I was. As I've got older, I've 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 learned and I've become more confident, I guess, in 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 the value of being who I am. And it's that genuine, it's that being a being a real person. People know, I guess that's what it is. They actually you know Wayne, Diane, all the other people, all the other Wayne and Diane's, they actually know when they're looking into your eyes, yeah. uh, whether you're genuine or not. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. Can I just go go off that? It's it just it clicked then when you said that because when you come into the jail you you were acting as a professional and all that because you were coming in to do a job but you were a normal person asking me criteria questions of what I was going to be doing what what do you want to do do you want to change this situation do you want to come up part of it do you know I actually feel it then that there were just normal people come to see me in jail but doing a professional job yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just clicked that when she was saying that, and I just seen the vision of them sat down in the jail and talked to me. You know, you just didn't act like a, like you were doing a job out of there, but it felt like you said there's normal people asking me to come a part of something. Yeah. 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 And that looking in the eye again, that's like really, really important, isn't it? Yeah. So it, it's it's been really, really interesting, and there's a lot of really so much that I've learned from speaking to you and that I think other people can learn around kindness and being nice and, and all those kinds of things. And that that's my views on it. But what I'm now interested to hear from, from both of you, and maybe I'll start with you, Diane, and then move over to you, Wayne, is what do you think the five key things that other workers can do to offer a service that's and offer support that has this um, humility and humanity at its heart? Honesty would be my first one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, all families, um, all they want is honesty. Like, that is important, I think, to me. Um, and I think it was the one thing that love by our families would give me. They would, if I was messing up, they'd tell me. And if I was doing good, they'd tell me. So I think honesty is like the, the main one for me. Non judgmental. Like people, I know people have to judge, and I know social workers have to judge to be able to do their assessments. But do it in a kind, in a kind way. Like you don't have to make the parent feel ashamed of their past. Um, because I've had social workers make me ashamed of my past. And do you know what? That says more about them than it does me because, you know, I shouldn't ever be judged on my past. I, I've made mistakes and I hold my hands up to them. Um but everybody should be given a second chance, I think. And you shouldn't be judged on your past because people can change. I know this people are the sayings a leopard never changes its spots, but people can change. Compassion is another one, another word that comes to mind. Like there's a lot of compassion in Love Bearer families. Well, we've got three. We, we might even make it beyond the five. Do you have anything to add? To those, Wayne. Accepting other people's lifestyles. Uh, relationship building. Giving individuals opportunities. Uh, talking to someone in confidence. Definitely. Um, and being a part of something, a team, a family. Just being actually a part of something. That's the biggest part for me. Um, that I'd say... I've never had in my life. Um, I've always been a solo person where I not really want people around me, but I just use people around me that I need for that day or whatever. So as I was accepted with Love Bower Families, it was different. So once I found out that I could be a part of something like that, I've, I've thrived off it. Um, it was definitely being a part of something that I've thrived off. Mm, excellent having faith like the one thing that love Barra families did was had faith in us so mm-hmm. when we turned around and we used to say especially me i used to go oh, i can't do that 
no yeah. oh, chance can I do that I can't do that because I'm me I can't do that no that that's above me oh. but having faith so one thing that Trina had faith in was that I could do different things and I could so I'm trying to think how to work so Trina used to know that I like learning and that might sound strange because I hated school, but I absolutely mm. love learning. And so Trina used to give me courses to do mm. because one, she knew I could do them, and and two, because she had faith in me that it would better my, it would help me better myself. And I, the, these two have taught me something about that as well because we didn't really know how to do that. It's like capacity building or, you know, finding the next little step that people can take in their lives um, to make a difference. That was something that we learned about, you know, it wasn't something that we set off doing. So to hear the difference it's made is is, is really nice. Because I think one of the things that we were very keen to do was to um, not push people beyond what they were capable of. And, and that's another reason why things like the adult attachment assessments were important, because it really is about each unique person finding their next tiny little step that they can manage. Mm -hmm. So it's pushing a little bit, but not so far that that they, they end up failing and, and feeling worse. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing I was thinking about was the original uh, things that families said. So the original families that helped us set up Love Barrow Families um, is very similar to, to what we've been talking about. And they were, they wanted a joined up service so that they didn't have to go to lots of different people and lots of different services. It was all under one roof. Yeah. They didn't want to live in fear of having their children taken away. And so there was something there, because when we unpicked it about honesty and really understanding properly what it was that they were being asked to do. Um, they talked about wanting support as soon as they asked for it, at a low level before it hits the child protection radar, having compassion and kindness and one person who could coordinate services. I guess, you know, they were the, the things that the original family said, and I think they probably still hold true. Mm -hmm. I've also written down no children, right? Um, because this was a big part of me understanding me. Um, so after doing a lot of the work with Love Barrow families, I realised that social workers that didn't have children that were trying to tell me how to parent, I struggled with. Now, um, I now realise that for me, it's I connect better and it's all about, and I do think social workers should connect with the families. Um, so for me, having a social worker that didn't have children, I was like, no, you're not telling me how to raise my children because you don't have children. So how would you know? Because you're just reading it from a textbook. But then I met social workers that did have children and I clicked with them because I, I knew that they had understanding. So it's not just Alison and Trina that have helped me. Um, we actually had a lovely, a lovely student social worker when I was really needing help and support. And she was called Sarah and she is lovely. And she's still now part of my life. So it does feel like Love Barrow Families is part of my family because I've met so many nice people from there. Um, I think some of the families, you know, have had major struggles um but i think that social workers need to understand families and they're not just a number they're, they're a person so that is like my message to trainee social workers to to people that want to change and become better would be don't treat people as a number yeah. treat them as a person yeah, that that um, being able to click with somebody and that chemistry, I guess, isn't it? In a way, is is really really important because you know we often hear the term not engaging, which you know is an, is 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 not a nice term at all, and I don't think it should be used. But quite often, if you find that right person that you can connect, if that you do click with, 
then that can make such a difference, be they a social worker, a family support worker, whatever kind of worker or person that they are. It's finding that person to connect with and click with. And you're not always going to click with with everybody. That's a fact of life. Well, it's been absolutely wonderful um, speaking to the three of you. Is there anything else that anyone wants to say? Uh, no, it's been lovely speaking to you and giving, obviously, my side of the story. And also, I would like to say something to all the people that were at the um, the research in practice for children and families. So, if any of them are listening to this, on behalf of myself and Wayne, um, we would like to say thank you for all the lovely comments, um, because... Being a service user, you don't normally get a lot of praise and um, good feedback. So that kind of made us feel good. So thank you to any of you that are actually listening um, that said something nice that day. So thank you. That's a really, really nice thing to say, Diane. And I'm sure they'll be delighted with that comment and um, I think it's a really lovely way to end this podcast on a very very positive note about the shared learning for everybody and about the importance of listening for listening to this research in practice podcast we hope you've enjoyed it why not share with your colleagues and let us know your thoughts on twitter tweet us at research ip